Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf here. I am solo today and in advance of this back-to-back over the weekend, I figured I would get into maybe the most hot button or I guess most likely outcome of the the starting lineup controversy here right now. The Knicks starters, obviously one of the worst five-man units in the league. How can that be fixed? Well, there's been some hints that maybe we might be seeing uh, Evan Fournier displaced from the starting lineup in place of Alec Burks. So I figured I'll dive into the comparison between those two and why it might be a good idea to throw Burks in there, how the fit might be, and all that good stuff. So that's coming up next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Starts with a five. Ewing for the win. Yes! Up, up, left. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. And he's fouled. Anthony for three. All right, welcome into Locked On Knicks. This episode of Locked On Knicks is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. I am Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Nick's site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. And as I said, I am solo today. Going to break down one thing that's sort of come up over the last few days, which is Evan Fournier potentially being displaced from the starting lineup uh, of the Knicks. And so, you know, I'll start with a quote by Fournier here. And this has been... him talking about not being out there in fourth quarters lately. He said, there wasn't a discussion. I'm a 10 year vet. Now I watch the game. I can feel the game. I don't need to be finessed. I don't need soft talk. I'm not an old player, but a veteran. It's okay. My feelings won't get hurt, but I want to be out there. I want, I know what I'm capable of and I know what I can do to help this team win. Uh, Obviously that hasn't really borne out on the court, unfortunately. And I think there's been, many different reasons for why the starting lineup has struggled the way that they have Uh, in some ways, maybe too many mouths to feed. Maybe it's also just, you know, struggle to, to, you know, mesh together and find a way of, of playing that makes sense and, you know, can feed all the mouths that need feeding. I I don't know, but let's real quick. I'm just going to, I mean, I feel like it just kind of gets worse by the day, but I'm going to update on the starters versus bench situation. Today, I mostly decided to use Cleaning the Glass, a great website if you've never checked it out before. has a lot of uh, easy-to-digest stats on there. So to update on starters versus the bench, the bench right now, which of course is the lineup of Rose, Quickly, Burks, uh, Obi Toppin, and Taj Gibson is the one who's gotten the most minutes in that second unit. The bench is plus 30.4 points per 100 possessions, better than opponents in 171 possessions so far this year. The starters are minus 17 points worse per 100 possessions in 511 possessions. That is not good. The starters are also currently giving up 
the third worst points per 100 possessions to opponents, the third worst effective field goal percentage to opponents, and they are the ninth worst at turnover percentage, meaning uh, opponents' turnover percentage is low against the Knicks, meaning that not only are the Knicks giving up tons of points, but they're not even making up for it by generating a lot of steals and turnovers, which is just a not, not a good combo and, and leads to that number being so high. You know, they're they're letting opponents score too many points. They're not forcing turnovers. And on top of it, they're, they've been below average on offense themselves. You know, they're just not they're not putting out a good product on the floor on offense because it too often, you know, we'll see maybe a quarter lately. The first quarters have actually been somewhat decent at generating looks. They just haven't been hitting them. But, you know, we'll see maybe a good first quarter out of them. And then the second that things don't go their way the starters kind of devolve into just your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn. Or you get weird situations like the other day where Julius Randle takes 10 three-pointers and only one attempt outside of three. And it's just like, why? Like, how is how is this the best you can utilize your star player here is just having him jack threes from the perimeter and not try to get inside at all and use his big frame. On top of it, with the starters, Kemba Walker currently has the lowest usage percentage of his career at 22.6%. And Evan Fournier currently has the lowest of his career at 18.3% per cleaning the glass. So those are not great either. And, you know, so is the problem here that there's just not enough ball movement and there's not enough ball to go around for all these guys? And that's why they're not able to get in a rhythm like guys that have traditionally, I mean, you could say for, three-fifths of the Knicks starting lineup at one point in their career, Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier, Julius Randle were all the top scorer on their given team. You know, Fournier with the Magic, despite how good Nikola Vucevic was, Fournier was often the top wing scorer, and many, many games was kind of relied on as, like, the top scorer on those teams, scoring almost 20 points per game. Then, you know, Julius last year with the Knicks, obviously, had the role that he had as the, the top scorer. And then Kemba Walker... You know, th things were a little different in Boston, but in in Charlotte, he was, you know, the offense uh, a lot of times there and without much help on many of those uh, teams in Charlotte. So it's just, just an issue of guys not being able to uh, adjust to having the ball in their hands less, like not being able to adjust to being off ball players. And if that's the case, then maybe it doesn't make sense to move someone like a Fournier to the bench and see if. Maybe that helps jumpstart him and helps jumpstart the other guys on the team by virtue of just getting someone out there who's more just looking to move the ball around, uh, which who's to say that that's Alec Burks, but maybe it is Alec Burks. I, I have some some kind of interesting stats that I pulled and uh, I, I think would be a good thing to look into. But I'm going to just real quick before I get into those Burks stats, uh, take a quick moment to let everybody know that this episode is. Brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose is a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. For example, I, I certainly did just that. I was coming home from a, a long trip of drinking up at Lake George over the summer and stopped with some friends at a rest stop McDonald's on uh, on 87. I forget exactly which one it was, but shout out to that McDonald's at the rest stop. And it, it 
it really hit the spot. That was exactly what I needed to uh, to start feeling better and make it through that second half of the journey. So I head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say locked on Nick's watch party? I I still have not said it, but if someone's saying it, feel free to set one up sometime. I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll swing through. Uh, at any rate, I'm loving it. And today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. All right, NBA fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Prize Picks has the best NBA daily fantasy sports prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players, as well as bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of Locked on Knicks users that deposit and use our promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just make sure to use the promo code MBA. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. You can use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com and use promo code MBA or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. All right, so to jump into these, these stats and, and the little bit of uh, speculation about Alec Burks here. So as uh, Chris Persianen noted on Twitter, from uh, Knicks Film School, drop him a, a follow if you are not following him already. He noticed when the Knicks tweeted out some photos from practice the other day that Burks was actually wearing the starter blue practice jerseys. And uh, we couldn't see Fournier, but one might assume that Fournier was wearing one of the white jerseys, which generally signifies bench players. So that might mean that Tom Thibodeau is looking to make a change and throw uh, Evan Fournier on the bench and Alec Burks in the starting lineup. But like, could that be a good thing? Ultimately, um, Schwinny Pooh, you know, of course, my good buddy who's been on the show a bunch of times at Schwinny Pooh on Twitter. He had a really good thread basically getting into why he thinks that the Fournier for Burks move could be a good thing. And, uh, you know, I, I tend to agree with most of it, like Fournier's usage percentage as I mentioned in the in the last segment, is at a career low right now. So you want to try to find more looks for him. You want to try to get him going in a way that clearly playing with the starters isn't right now. Like right now with the starters, he looks tentative. He looks like he's overpassing. You know, like he sometimes gets open looks and then instead of taking them, pump fakes and and ends up passing it off to someone else when at the beginning of the season and during the preseason, he was just taking those with zero hesitancy and it was paying off big time. I mean, obviously, the first game of the season, he has 32 points against Boston in that double overtime thriller. You know, you can't really do too much better than that. And, you know, I, I think that a lot of it is just that nobody seems to know who should be shooting the ball, I guess, in the in the starting lineup. It's it's very strange. And, you know, it's a problem that we never see with the bench unit. You know, the the bench moves the ball around so fluidly. Everybody seems to know, like, okay, if if this hits me in the hands and I have an open shot, I'm going to take it. And we see so many wide open looks from Derrick Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin, even, you know, and and he struggled with his three point shot, but it started to come around recently because he's just taking the open looks. And then you know all the little dump offs to to Taj to Obi, 
the alley-oops to Obi. I mean, everything is just running so nicely. And it's it's very apparent that the bench played all of last year together and have this sort of chemistry. But you can't keep putting yourself in these situations where the starters are giving up so many points, be it in the first quarter, which lately it hasn't been the first quarter, to give them credit. They've been playing well in the first and keeping things close there. But mostly it's been the starts of third quarters that have just been destroying the Knicks. And, you know, the the, the starters come out flat. They give up, you know, a, a 12-0 run or whatever to the opponents. All of a sudden, you know, a game that was roughly like tied at the half becomes a double-digit deficit. And then you get the bench in there. They have to, you know, scratch and claw back. And then by the end of the game, you can't really figure out what to do as far as closing things out. And, you know, that that exact thing happened against Orlando the other day. And it's it's just kind of unacceptable. You know, that that was one of the worst teams in the league. And tonight, for example, they're going to be facing Houston, who's one of the worst teams in the league. But the schedule upcoming <laughs> is not going to be so easy. Like, for example, the Knicks have coming up on their schedule here, the Bulls uh, tomorrow at eight o'clock on Sunday, which is not an easy matchup at all on the road in Chicago. Then they have the Lakers with LeBron James back uh, coming to New York on Tuesday. Then you've got the Suns coming to New York on Friday. And then you have the you have to go on the road to the Hawks next Saturday. I mean, it's just it it's a brutal stretch followed by then an, an away game against the Nets, another game against the Bulls uh, at home, then an, uh, another home game against the Nuggets. And that sort of ends that murderous stretch before you get maybe a little bit of, of a break after that, where it only becomes 50-50 good teams. But really, if the Knicks don't figure something out against the Rockets in this game that they can carry over into these games against the Bulls, Lakers, Suns, Hawks, Nets, Bulls again, and Nuggets, uh, things are not going to get easier anytime soon. And, and the Knicks might realistically be looking at a situation where if they continue playing like they have been to start halves, they might end up uh I mean in, in a real bad way as far as uh as far as their records concerned early in the season here. So to get some numbers on Burks, oh I, actually a couple couple more quick numbers on Fournier. Fournier's points per shot this year is at a career almost a career low, 1.07, uh 44th percentile for wings per cleaning the glass. He also has the second lowest effective field goal percentage of his career at 50.9%. So could having Fournier come off the bench allow him to be more featured with uh, Derek Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Sapin, that unit that moves and plays so well together? Could that potentially help him find his shot and find situations where he's more comfortable? And then maybe, honestly, even get him going good enough that he can start playing these fourth quarters, which clearly it's been bugging him that he hasn't been able to. Maybe it, it's possible. And I think that Burks so far this year has been more of a glue guy than he's been getting credit for like he's not generally thought of like that he's thought of as more of like a bench gunner and that is sort of how he was for the Knicks last year obviously we saw some of the games like even the the playoff game against the Hawks where he just went bananas and and scored like whatever it was like 25 points or whatever uh you know there are going to be games like that from Burks because he has that sort of scoring ability but with the bench this year I think he's actually been doing a good job of sort of I won't quite call him a connector. You know, I, I won't say he's been a connector, but he's been similar to that. I mean, he's been very deferential. He hasn't been, you know, looking only for his own shot. Some people, you know, gripe about his his shot selection sometimes, but 
that's just sort of the shots that a player like Burks has to take to find his rhythm. And, you know, he's been pretty good, I think, this year of not overdoing it with the, you know, more questionable shots and, you know, realizing if things aren't going down that that he just kind of needs to be deferential. But a couple stats on Burks, too. His assist percentage this year is at 13.5%. That's good for the 78th percentile among wings in the NBA. He's also in the 77th percentile in assist to usage, uh, which means that he's looking for others a lot with the opportunities that he's been given, you know, basically assist to usage means usage can, can qualify as just if you, if you're uh, affecting a scoring play, basically. So if you're scoring the ball or if you're assisting others, so the fact that he's in the 77th percentile and assist to usage percentage means that he's been using his opportunities afforded to him to create looks for others and, and generate assists, uh, which, I think bears itself out. You know, I, I feel like, yes, he he has taken some kind of crazy ISO looks. You know, some of his his static, you know, just dribbling the air out of the ball, find his spot, take a shot. But, I mean, a lot of those pull-ups have gone in, which it's hard to argue with any shot if it's going in. But he's also, I think, been a very willing ball mover and, you know, looking to get guys involved while also not being afraid of taking his own shot, which... I think he's probably the biggest issue with Fournier right now. So, you know, I think that I, I, I think there's something to be said for how he's been playing as like a connector. He's also in the 95th percentile in turnover percentage, meaning like a lower number is good there, which is great too. You know, it means he's taking care of the ball, although that's not really a Fournier issue either. Fournier has also been taking care of the ball pretty well, but you know, I, I think that's maybe something else to consider as far as Burks is concerned with this whole, uh, you know, potential switch up in the starting lineup here. But uh, I have a little bit more to, to talk about just with the overall takeaways on this. I did just want to remind everybody too, though, that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And I love Thanksgiving, all the good food and treats and plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert, but one that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with a coconut Built Bar or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar too. Share some at your family gatherings. It will make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. New surprises are coming all month with limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So check the site often. And we're only a week away or slightly less than a week away. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. If you want to get some stuff now, though, go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right. So getting into now the, the issue of how does this work? How does Burke's starting work compared to Fournier being on the bench? And look, to be clear, I, I think... There are a, a number of options that I'd probably choose before this. I think if you if you really ask me, I would probably want to put 
Emmanuel quickly in the starting lineup instead of Fournier uh, or maybe even instead of uh, honestly, I've floated the idea of just straight up doing a backcourt swap and just having Kemba and Fournier come off the bench and having Rose and IQ start with Julius and RJ and Mitch. Cause I, I think that that would be a dynamite starting five. I think that quickly and Rose are probably the biggest reason for the bench being as good as it is. Uh, uh, also, Obi Toppin. I don't want to shortchange him. It's those three. But like, as far as the backcourt is concerned, I think that Rose and quickly do such a good job of pushing the pace, making the right passes. You know, not uh, not forcing things by and large. You know, they just kind of let the game come to them. It's like cliche as that is, but I, I just don't think it's super feasible. I I feel like you know, Kemba was the biggest name free agent acquisition. Fournier was the biggest dollar free agent acquisition. Now, granted, there have been guys that make, you know, 10 plus million dollars, you know, or maybe not quite as high as Fournier uh, in like the 18 million range. But there have been guys that get paid a lot of money to come off the bench. So I don't think it's completely unprecedented to say, okay, you know, we're going to bring Fournier off the bench now because he's he's struggling. And, you know, we'll see if we can get him get him right, as Fizdale might say. With Walker, I just don't think it's super feasible because of the name brand recognition and and just the optics of benching both of them, um, plus potentially the internal strife it could create. I mean, I I don't think that I mean, Fournier, you know, the quote earlier, obviously, where he said he said, you know, I'm a 10 year vet. I, I I can feel the game. I don't need to be finessed. All that. I don't need soft talk, all that stuff. You know, it, he knows how it goes at this point, but he's also a player that should be in his prime right now and and is used to a certain level of of playing time and whatever and even if you won't make a huge fuss of it you know there's there's definitely potential for if if you sit both those guys where you could potentially have some internal team strife even with how team first Kemba generally is too and and to Kemba's credit he's been sitting down the stretch of fourth quarters and appears very engaged on the bench lately you know cheering for his teammates being the first guy to meet them at half court all that stuff so Maybe Kemba's more to terms with it than than Fournier would be. I don't know. But I just don't think, for optics' sake, that the Knicks have any interest in benching both of them. So that, that brings us back to the Burks thing, right? So I, I think that Burks is actually probably a better scorer in ISO situations. So one thing that I've seen is there there's been a lot of situations. I mean, there was one. I'm just thinking of one that comes to my head. There was one in the last game where Fournier, or maybe it was in the the sh- uh, maybe it was in the in the Pacers game. I'm not 100% if it was the Pacers game or the Magic game, but I think it was the Magic one where there was there was a situation where as it tends to happen, you know, the the Knicks were on offense, the starters were on offense and they went to go uh run something and and it just kind of fell apart. I think it was a Julius and and Fournier two-man game sort of on the the left side of the court from their perspective where they were trying to run something kind of for like an elbow three and it just got stifled like three times over where they were trying to just kind of like do the little thing where they set screens for each other, but the magic guys were getting over screens very well. And it eventually forced Fournier to just kind of make something happen with about five seconds left on the clock. And the best that he could come up with, granted he made it, but the best that he could come up with was like a fading towards the baseline three where he wound up banking it in. Uh, and, you know, sort of a, as Clyde might say, a serendipitous play, but not overall the best sort of look you would hope to generate off of a standstill like that. 
I think that if Burks gets caught in situations like that, he's better equipped to deal with that and, you know, break his guy down, maybe get inside and maybe not even get all the way inside for a basket, but, you know, at least like generate himself an open look easier, you know, whether it's a step back or whether it's, you know, crossing his defender up, getting to the mid range where he's very comfortable and putting up a shot there. I think that he's better equipped for that sort of thing. Um, So I, you know, that's one one thing that I think he could be better with. The other thing is I think he has been good at at moving the ball along, that assist percentage, the assist to usage ratio, all that stuff. He's also not a guy that expects anything as far as usage is concerned. I think that he's pretty good at just kind of letting the game come to him. We've seen that with how he's played with Rose and quickly and Toppin, where I think when I think he's good at recognizing, okay, if these guys are cooking, I don't need to do my Alec Burks thing and and you know, score a bunch of points, but also if the situation arises where he's needed to score some points, granted it, it could be hot and cold given the night, you know, he is a very notoriously hot and cold player, but he has that ability to at least in theory, give you that production um, and, and do that. So uh, the other thing is he's been consistently one of Tibbs's favorite guys coming off the bench too. It's generally Burks and Rose coming first, even before quickly and topping given how great they've been playing lately. So maybe there's something to be said for that too. Like, you know, that, that Burks has more trust from Tibbs and would give this lineup a better chance of success than like a quickly where I get the feeling that if quickly came out and had like a bad first two minutes, unlike the rest of the starters, for whatever reason, I, I think that Tibbs should start treating the starters like this if they come out flat. But I think they quickly would have a chance of getting pulled after like two minutes. Burks, I think if the whole, if he's struggling a little bit, and as the starting lineup has been, if they're struggling, I think Tibbs would basically give him the same treatment he's been giving Fournier, which is to leave him out there and trust him to do whatever it is he's going to do. Um, I, I will say one one big worry of mine, I, I looked this up and it was hard to even find the the stats on it because they haven't played a ton together. I tried to find this exact five-man lineup that the starters would be with with Burks in there, and I I. Couldn't see it, and maybe I just missed it. But if they have played together, it's probably only been for like a minute. Uh, it's it's been really few and far between that the starters minus Fournier plus Burks have played. And like I said, it, if if my you know quick research was right, they maybe haven't played together at all. Uh, but I, I don't know for certain. But uh, at any rate. The the worrisome thing that I did find was I was looking up two man lineups and I wanted to see how Kemba and Burks have done together, and uh, it's not good. <laughs> uh, they played for all of twenty two minutes together this year, so not very long. But they have a minus thirty eight point one net rating in that time per NBA stats. That is really, really not good. Granted, you know, that's a small sample size for one thing. For two, that probably occurred has mostly occurred like right at the end of a third quarter um, or the end of a first quarter when the starters have come out flat. So it's kind of the end of the starters being flat before you get Rose quickly, um, Obi and, uh, you know, Taj or Noel in there to sort of... <laughs> stabilize things and make Burks part of that, that secondary unit that he's, you know, so good with. Uh, so maybe it's not worth looking into too much because he, Burks is probably coming in in the midst of whatever tailspin the starters are going through when those Kemba and Burks minutes happen to happen. 
but it, it's still a little concerning nonetheless. I mean, obviously Kemba and Fournier have not been dynamite either because they play so many minutes together in that starting lineup and the starting lineup is so bad. So it, it also just might be a Kemba problem at this point, which I, I do think there are a lot of things that are Kemba problems right now. And I, I don't necessarily think that inserting Burks in the starting lineup is going to solve any of those right away. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's things you have to look at. Um, and, and I think that if you can make one relatively low risk move uh, to try to shake up the starting lineup right now, putting Burks in for Fournier is probably about as good of good of one as you can get. And one of the only moves that I could really see being like palatable to Tibbs. So uh, I don't have too much more to say on this. So the, the Knicks play the Rockets tonight. And then they, again, have a back-to-back against the Bulls tomorrow night uh, on the road. So things are not going to get easy anytime soon. If the Knicks can't pull this game out against the Rockets, we might be in for uh, who, again, are the worst team in the NBA. I think they're 1-14 in right now. Uh, The Knicks might be in for a really rough stretch uh, coming up here. So buckle in. We'll see how it goes. But... Until next time, uh, this has been Alex Wolf, and this has been Locked on Knicks. Thank you all for listening, and uh, I will talk to you all soon. Peace out.